Welcome to the Christy Says Things podcast. I'm your host, Christy Gomez, and if you are someone who knows there is more to life but don't know just what it is quite yet, or maybe you're a beginner in the world of woo-woo and want to learn more, then you're in the right spot. Each week on the podcast, I share lessons learned from amazing guests, helpful tips and tricks to master life, and share stories from my own personal growth. Well, let's do this, shall we? Grab a drink, grab a snack, and let's chat. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Christy Says Things podcast. I am so happy to have you here with me. It is a very special episode of the podcast. It is our first episode with a guest speaker. So you are not just hearing from Christy for the entire time. You're getting to hear from somebody else and her name is Emily and she is going to talk to us about all things astrology. She has been doing this for a very long time. I'll let her introduce herself on the podcast. You can get to know her a little bit better. And you know, this episode is going to be perfect for anybody who really is curious about astrology, doesn't know a whole lot about it yet. Maybe you know your sun sign and not much else. This is going to be the episode you want to listen to because she's going to give you some really good tips on where to start, some resources on if you want to learn more after you're done with the episode, where to go. And Emily even does readings too. So if you wanted to schedule a reading with her, you could. In this episode, you're going to walk away, I promise you, learning something you haven't heard before. There's a great example she has about Mercury retrograde that just completely knocked my socks off. So Go ahead and grab yourself a little snacky snack, grab a drink, get comfy, and let's get to know astrology and Emily a little bit better. Welcome to the Christy Says Things podcast, where today it is also the Emily Says Things podcast. Yay! Welcome to the pod, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I am going to fully give Emily a moment to introduce herself, but I wanted to talk about the power of stalking people on the interwebs for just a moment because I actually met Emily through the gram at Emily and her stars. That's her Instagram handle. And I can't remember whose page I followed you from, but I do know that it was somebody else that I met before I had met you. And I just found you because the universe loves to connect people in fun, unexpected ways. And I'm so grateful that it did. So nice. Well, yes, and then it's been yeah. delightful getting to know you on the interweb. Yeah. It's amazing. Same, same. And you have the best stories. I say that to all of the peoples. They all need to go watch your stories. You have the best memes and you always make me laugh. Like <laughs> put a new wrinkle in my brain. So it's really good. So I love it. Thank you. <laughs> and I was gonna talk to you about I, you know, I was gonna wait till later, but I just for for everybody to know kind of how fabulous you are. I had had a session with you uh, back in April after I met you and stalked you. And it was an amazing Akashic astrology session. And you had told me about my past lives and more about my South Node, which would help me with this current life and things I needed to know. And I actually took eight pages of notes from that set. I just went back and looked eight pages of notes. So just in case you were ever wondering if you were influential in my life, there's eight pages of things that you said to me in a notebook right now next to me. (laughs) No, thank you. So thank you for that. But I won't be selfish. This isn't about me as much as it's about you. So I'd love to give you time to introduce yourself and you can just tell us about yourself as much as you'd like to. And then how did you figure out that you, you know, what your spiritual gifts are? Well, thank you so much again for that beautiful introduction. I 
love sharing astrology and it has been such an interesting road um, in my life. I in, live in Colorado. I had a pretty normal childhood. I lived in a really small mountain town that kind of was Norman Rockwell-ish. <laughs> and I, I knew it was a little different than the other kids. I think I was always what people would call sensitive. Like I mm. maybe cried a little more or I, I didn't always understand why kids were mean. Um, I just had a different experience growing up. Not any, I didn't see spirits. Nobody talked to me. I didn't, you know, I was afraid of the dark, normal kid things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I started sometime around, I would say when I was in my mid thirties, honestly, I, you know, you start figuring out like, okay, (laughs) maybe there's more to me. I need to worry about than just getting up and taking care of myself every day and going to work. And I really started researching what it means to be an empath because I was dealing with anxiety. I was dealing with some depression. I was dealing with like, what do I want to be when I grow up? All of these questions. Yeah. And I realized that when I would go down these lists of what does it mean to be an empath, I would check a lot of boxes. Like I feel things when I walk in a room Sometimes I pick up somebody else's emotions and I don't know why. Mm. Sometimes I feel things and I don't know why. There's a lot of things. I, I encourage your listeners to, you know, kind of research that on your own. But what it did is it made me realize, okay, there might be more to my energy field than I am aware of. Yeah. And at the same time that was going on, my lovely, adorable maternal grandmother Um, passed away. Now she was such an influence in my life. I loved her dearly. What's interesting is that she would always every year cut out my, well, pretty much every week, if it was a good week, she'd cut my horoscope out from the newspaper. And, you know, she'd underline things like it's going to be a good week or you're going to, you know, I might want to watch out. And I sort of took it for granted. You know, I was a teen and a kid and I, I loved that she did it. I got a kick out of it. And I always, you know, there's that curiosity I think that some of us have when we're in a magazine we flip to the back and what's my horoscope that was was my level of interest and after she passed away I missed that from her like ah I miss grandma's insights I miss her curating the newspaper for me and I decided to treat myself to like a real official astrology reading and I like you probably took eight pages of notes (laughs) I just thought, oh my God, this person has been stalking me. Like, how do they know these things? I don't even know that I know these things about myself. Yes. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I, I'm going to explore this more because there's something to it. And I, I just started, I started taking classes. I started reading books. I, I just took a deep dive essentially. And honestly, astrology was my gateway into developing mediumship and into Akashic records and all these other woo woo things that sound crazy. Like even if I was to say them to myself in my thirties, I'd be like, sister, yeah, <laughs> calm, calm yourself down a minute. <laughs> but it, astrology has completely transformed my life and I love sharing it with other people because I think it is a massively underutilized tool. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm sorry to hear about grandma. I think that is just that story, though, is just so incredible of the impact she had on your life and probably, you know, obviously unknowingly at that point, but how that really 
push you to be the person you are today is just it's so so wild how things work like that right right oh grandmas are the best yeah they really are aren't they Okay, so that well, that's a great lead into my next question. So if you happen to be talking to somebody who had never heard of astrology and it's just a foreign term to them, how how would you explain it to them? Like how would how does it actually work and why does it matter what planets, you know, where they were when you were born? Like what's what is astrology? Well, I always try not to be that creepy girl at the cocktail party that's like, <laughs> when's your birthday? What's your sign? <laughs> I love that girl. But I mean, yeah. Um, astrology. So, okay, let's break it down to its simplest form. It is truly, I believe, one of the oldest forms of mystic information. And it's this framework that has been with humankind, with mankind, with animal kind, for as long as we can, we have record, essentially, 30,000 years of data. We know actually, too, that even elephants watch the moon cycle and do things in relation to what's going on in the heavens. So there's a fascination wow. that started for us millennia ago. And at its core, astrology is really a clock. Right. We know that if we as women watch the moon 28 days, it's very significant. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes we're in sync with moon and sometimes we're not. But there's a constant sort of ticking in the background that we can watch happen in the sky. And if you were to think back to our ancestors and some of the temples that have been created, let's say Machu Picchu or Stonehenge or Gobekli Tepe, these massive structures were built with nothing else other than the purpose to monitor the sun, the solstice, the equinoxes, these sorts of things, because it was mm -hmm. so vital for us to know what time it was in the calendar year. Like how else do you measure time if you don't have a mechanical clock? Mm. So that's truly what astrology started as. And what happens after you watch the stars for a few thousand years, <laughs> you start mm -hmm. to collect some data. And it would be much like if we were to collect data and we talk about now in the housing market trends, what, you know, in the past we've had this recession and this is the trend that happens after. And we, we talk about these things in the stock market and all sorts of things. And it's not considered woo. It's just crunching the data. Yeah. And astrology for thousands of years was crunching the data. It's just, we wrote it on clay tablets and we wrote it on mm -hmm. walls because we didn't have paper. We didn't have computers. And there was a Greek astronomer that came along, um, Ptolemy the Greek, and he actually was one of the first to write down this ancient knowledge that he considered ancient. This is in Greece. <laughs> mm. And he crunched this data and sort of for the first time put together a book that actually was used in major European universities into the 1700s, really until sort of the Reformation and Age of Enlightenment, the church, the whole thing. But that information has been the basis of astrology for, for um, forever. Now, there's different versions of astrology. We can talk about Eastern European and Asian and all sorts of those varieties. But at the core, it's a clock. That's that was like the coolest history lesson of in four minutes that I've ever received in my life. Like that was <laughs> I just learned so much. I'm like processing it through my head. That's amazing. So if you are, I know there are different types. Which type of astrology do you follow closely? 
So I actually practice what's considered Western astrology. So that's what we do here in North America. Uh, it's also part of what the Greeks um, in, in sort of took in and took under their wing. Now, okay, the difference, and this is where we get into some of the articles, articles where you'll see somebody will say, well, the stars aren't where they used to be. So you're not really a Gemini or a Cancer now. And people mm. throw their arms up in the air. Oh, my God, I'm a Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so we know, yes, the stars have progressed. They've moved. We are not at the same place in the solar system that we were when astrology was first being tracked. And so Western astrology is now based on the equinox and solstice. So we know that we always start Aries season. So the beginning of the Zodiac always starts on the equinox in spring. And so it has to do with where the sun is hitting the Tropic of Cancer, the Tropic of Capricorn for the uh, solstices. And we base it on what's happening with the sun and the reflection of day and light versus where the constellations are or were. Because at this point, they're all off about, you know, several months. <laughs> mm -hmm. In Eastern astrology, so if you were to go to India and get maybe a Vedic astrology report, they take into account how things have moved. And so they use calculations. Um, 72 years for every degree that things have moved. And there's a lot more involved. And it's not that that astrology is or either is right or wrong. It's just crunching the data in a different way. Mm. Yeah, I tried to do some research um, on Eastern astrology, and it was it proved to be very challenging to do on my own. Uh, so I'm kind of sticking to what I know here for the most part, <laughs> at least for right now. Yeah. So that's good, good to know if, in case anybody else is feeling froggy and wants to go do a little deep dive. Well, and there's also astrology where you can cast a chart, like at an exact moment, you can ask a question, like, what did I do with my house key? And throw the chart, like where you are at that moment, what's happening. And through deciphering the chart, you can find lost objects. You can answer questions. So there's hundreds of different types of astrology from medical to elections, all sorts. But most commonly, if you're going to pick up a magazine or pick up a newspaper and read your horoscope in the back, it's going to be Western astrology based. Okay. Well, the keys thing, I think my reader, my readers, my listeners are going to probably want more information on because that sounds really handy, but we'll, we'll try to stick to the basics for today. Maybe next time you come on the podcast, we can talk about how to find keys. That'd be really fun. Uh, and, but there is, there's just so much information. I remember pulling up my chart for the first time and just sitting back and looking at it and trying to decipher what the heck I was looking at. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if, if it's your first time pulling up a chart and, you know, taking into account that it's a lot of information at once, what are the basics? What are the first couple of things that you should look at on the chart? Oh, it's, it can be overwhelming. I tell people usually when I pull their chart up for the first time on the screen, like it looks like a plate of spaghetti got thrown at a wall and I'm supposed to figure <laughs> out what to do with this. <laughs> yep. And I would say, First of all, you don't have to understand all of it. I think you could study your birth chart for your entire life and still continue to glean more and more and more details out of it. Yeah. So take a deep breath. Don't be intimidated. Mm -hmm. It's like learning a new language in some ways, although I think it's been overcomplicated in our society. At its core, 
the most important thing you want to talk, look at is your sun, which is what we talk about when we pull it up in the newspaper, the magazine, your sun sign, your moon sign. So where in this circular um, slice of the sky was the moon when you were born? Because that's your emotions. It's important to kind of know that inner emotional landscape. What what sign rules that? And then what sign was coming up on the horizon when you were born? And the reason this one is important is it's actually an aspect that people see in us before we see it in ourselves. But it's also something we grow into as we get older. It's sort of the part of ourselves that we get comfortable with. And so those three aspects really make up probably 70% of who you think you are and who you, how you identify with your innermost self. What's my identity? What are my emotions? And kind of how do I, how do I appear in the world when I'm out there? Yeah. So my rising sign is Aries and my sun sign is Pisces. And they are, they seem to be very different in a lot of ways. And I do feel as I get older, I, I relate more to my rising sign than I do my sun. And I, I guess my question is for those who, so they go through and they look at their chart and they pull up their information and they see their sun sign and, you know, they, let's say do a Google search or something or go to at Emily and her stars on Instagram and go look up some more information, just do some digging. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've say, well, you know what? I don't really relate as much to my sun sign. Do you, what would you tell them from that point? Do you think they should go look more into their rising or, or what would you say? Yeah, I would absolutely take into account your rising. And I would also take account of your moon because we all are as individual as snowflakes and fingerprints, right? Everything about us is unique. And you can even have twins, right? We, we talk about how people can be born at the same location at the same time, come out completely different. Because mm. astrology is not, it's not to say this is exactly what's going to happen in your life. It's more a, a layout. We have free will to do with what we want. And so if you find yourself saying, you know, I'm not feeling like a Pisces right now, this Aries rising, this fiery side of myself that's excited to start things, that's passionate about these projects, I want to move forward. That's the part that you're embracing right now. And that Pisces side is never going to go away. It's sometimes how we find comfort, how we can self-soothe ourselves in the background. So these are elements and, and just layers of ourselves that I think the difference between giving someone an astrology reading that's 18 or 20 and giving someone an astrology reading who's 70, the 70 year old is going to be like, Oh, I feel all of this. <laughs> I've changed my path. My life has blossomed and grown and evolved. And at yes. 20, you might be like, that doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of living it. We have to live the entire ex- experience. So if you can, find your rising and find your moon. And even I recommend the app Time Passages. Uh, It's a free app and you can get your chart on there and it can give you just some basic information. That's a great place to start. Time Passages. Okay. I'll put that in the comments too. That's great. I don't think I've actually been on that website. So I'm excited to check it out. Thank you. It's kind of still on that same topic. I, I did feel like once I learned so I have an Aquarius moon. Uh, I Once I learned that I have an Aquarius moon, it comes off 
a little angsty. Like I feel like when I read memes about Aquarius, people with Aquarius moons, moons, either I'm super quirky or I'm just like that angsty, like, leave me alone, don't talk to me. And not that I cannot not be that way because there are, there are those times, but I wonder, you know, is that what people think of me when I'm showing my true emotions? Am I, am I angsty girl? Like some resonate, some doesn't. But I guess my real question is, people get worried about bad placements. So, you know, they go and look up their chart and they're like, oh, I'm a this or I'm a that, you know, and, or maybe you might even be somebody who doesn't even want to look because you're afraid of what your horoscope might say. And like, what happens when you find out what your chart says, you know, what would you tell somebody who's apprehensive to learn more just because of what they might find out? Right. I love Aquarius. We're in Aquarius season while we're recording this. And I just have to defend you because Aquarius is a sign ruled by two planets, Saturn responsibility, Uranus, which is this rebellion. And so you have this responsibility to rebel, which I love. Mm. And if we mm. didn't have something to rebel against, there wouldn't be the purpose. So Aquarius, we need you. You own my quirkiness. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I try. I try to do my best that I can, for sure. <laughs> so there really is no bad placement. That's part of where contemporary pop astrology has gotten it wrong. You know, you can read your love horoscope and, oh my God, you should never marry a Scorpio. And, oh, look out for those Geminis. Mm-hmm. Some of those stereotypes have kind of been ingrained in us in some ways. And I would say there are no bad placements. We're all here with lessons to learn and with gifts and tools that maybe the next person over doesn't have. And so our challenges are going to look different no matter what. And I believe that if you at least know what tools you have in your tool belt, then you can tackle nearly anything. But to not know, to second guess yourself, to say, well, maybe I am quirky or maybe I <laughs> maybe <laughs> I am angsty. Like, let's dive into why that angst is amazing, why that's a gift and such an amazing thing that allows you to see the world like no one else does. So I don't believe in bad placements. I do believe in bad astrologers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else that makes sense, you know, <laughs> the teacher has a lot to do with it too. But thank you for the compliments about, you know, making me feel better about all three of my of my signs that I work with. Appreciate that so much. So if you, if somebody were, I guess this goes out to my skeptical people. So if, you know, I think we set things up in our minds to be something really scary or really way more intimidating than it actually is. But I know that my son personally is a triple Virgo. And so if there was something to be said about skepticism, my son has it. It doesn't matter what it is, a food, a new circumstance. He is just like, let me consider it first. The answer is probably no until I decide the time's right and then it will be yes. But if somebody was to sit with you or to be interested in in learning more about what a reading would be like, how would you describe what a typical astrology reading is like with you? So I'm not going to lie. I give a lot of information and I feel sometimes that my clients have this thousand yard stare of, Oh my God, (laughs) that was a lot. (laughs) But I will say when you come and and talk to me about your chart, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and use language that isn't overwhelming. There's no need for us to talk about, sextiles and quadrants and Mm -hmm. you know all of these 
these things that as an astrologer, I can know why these angles are important and the degrees and retrogrades and all these things, but you don't need to know that right away. And so if I can provide the information to you in a way that gives you comfort, gives you um, a little bit of excitement, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And also empowers you moving forward to own this version of whatever operating system this is that we've been given and say, okay, I can sink back. I can take a deep breath and lean into myself instead of rebelling against ourselves. Because I think we're constantly comparing this person, that person, their house, their recipes, their clothes, right? We're, we're yes. inundated with that. And if instead you can say, oh my gosh, I'm an Aries rising. Ugh, I love it. I get to be excited. I get to be passionate. I, I have that in me and I don't have to, I don't have to dampen it for somebody. I know I can use it when I need to. And it, it starts to explain things in your life. And for me, with my anxiety and my things that came up, it was so important to share that with others. And so when you come for a reading, that's the biggest thing I want you to walk away from. I want you to feel empowered and excited and ready to kind of use these tools as, as you get more comfortable with them. And I also will say that astrology is something I could study for the rest of my life and never possibly get to the end of. So don't ever feel as a newbie coming into this that you have to learn the whole language and all the zodiac signs and all the planets. That's unrealistic, unless you get passionate about it. But just come in and let someone guide you. Let someone share this knowledge, and hopefully you can glean some new, exciting information from it. I I 100% agree with you. I felt similar when I dug into human design for the first time too, of just, which obviously works, you know, within astrology, but I felt just so, it gave me a sense of purpose. It made me feel really much more confident in who I was. And it, it kind of validated the person that I am because like you said, we compare ourselves all of the time and it can just, you can feel less than when in fact, when you learn about these things through astrology or other tools that it's actually your strengths. These are things that are, that make you special and make you different for a reason. It could even lead you to your purpose on this planet, you know? So it's, it is valuable to spend time learning more about it, even dipping your toe in if you're skeptical and still going in and just, you know, hey, let's see what I could take from this. What can I learn from it? I really feel like it's such it's like a cheat code in life, yes. you know? Yes, I would agree. It's a great description of cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. One of the things that I think people hear about astrology a lot of times too is when Mercury's in the microwave and we're trying to figure out what's actually happening. So if you could, if you could give us like a brief rundown of what planets in retrograde mean and what Mercury in retrograde means so that next time we hear it and somebody says something silly, we can just know what we're working with. Okay. So, okay, here we go. Quick lesson. We know that the full moon affects us. You can talk to anyone, any nurse, any police officer. They know that on a full moon, people get a little wacky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we know that planetary energies affect us in some way. I can go down the road in quantum physics, but that's a whole other podcast. Mm -hmm. When you are talking about retrograde, we know planets don't go backwards. I'm never going to tell anybody a planet goes backwards. But if you're driving down the highway, close your eyes, think of yourself driving down the highway and there is a Greyhound or a tour bus or a great big motorhome up in front. 
and you're catching it. You're both going the same direction on the highway, but you're getting closer and then you're next to each other. And before you know it, that that big motorhome, that big bus is behind you. And from your viewpoint, it looks like it's going backwards. And what happens is then you slow down or you take the corner or maybe he speeds up. You, but what happens in a retrograde is that motion of being passed forwards and backwards because our, our orbits are different. And so it's a planet from our viewpoint here that is passing us in a way that looks like it's going backwards. Okay. That is fabulous. That is such a good explanation. I am just a visual person and I literally had this beautiful Greyhound bus just driving next <laughs> to me. That was so good. So, so good. So that's what happens in a retrograde. We are faced with, and Mercury does it three times a year at least. So it's not something new. It's something we've always had. Of course, it gets a lot more attention now than it has before. But I also take into account this is the planet of communication. And we've got a heck of a lot of satellites going around us we've got solar flares we've got all these things and when mercury is in this retrograde period generally what you're going to find and it's not every sign every time it affects us all differently depending on our own cosmic makeup here you can find that your communication is absolutely frustrating you can Mm -hmm. find your travel plans get canceled or that um, networks go down Inevitably, during almost every retrograde, you will hear Facebook was down for a day, Instagram was down for a day. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> so this true. time, we had two planets in retrograde. We had Mars and Mercury in retrograde, and the airplanes went down for a day. Remember that one? That's right. It's uncanny. Yeah. And so, if you can give yourself just a little grace to say, okay, I'm going to double check that email before I send it. I'm going to double check my text messages before I send them. And if something goes wonky, I can laugh that Mercury is in the microwave. Yes. Yeah, because it it can just be one of those. It's kind of like how you said about different signs and people feeling a certain type of way just because of the urban legends around that sign. Mercury in the microwave is the same thing, but it's really, you know, as long as you're just a little more careful, it's not the worst thing in the world. Exactly. And I I don't want to blame everything that happens during those time periods (laughs) specifically on it. Like, oh, there's that Mercury again. But (laughs) just like we talked about with the housing market and the stock market, you can start to see these patterns that are a little too, like there's a little too much coincidence sometimes. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, it's another point of, I can take a deep breath. I don't have control over everything. And I can just say, okay, it is, it is what it is. I can allow some grace in my day for this insanity. <laughs> yes. Yes. Take the stress off yourself and give it to somebody else for a little bit. Right. Right. Or some other planet for a little bit, yes. We have been trying to record this for a while today. <laughs> and we've had more internet weird glitches than you can even imagine. Oh. And I will say that on Friday, and I know this is only Thursday, but tomorrow there's an aspect in the sky that is sort of this rebellion and there's going to be some communication issues for the next three days. So just leaning into it is what it is. Yes. Oh, and you know, I actually, uh, I did sign up for your newsletter. So I do get sent your monthly at a glance of knowing 
how to feel and when and why, which has been super helpful. I print it's very pretty. So I actually print it up and I hang it on my wall. Um, which I'll leave that info in the description so that you guys can grab that too. I think that's such a great tool for beginners. I mean, really for anybody, but especially for beginners who are trying to maybe associate why they feel the way they do with maybe some of the energies happening in the world. So um, is there an easy way to get to that? Uh, yeah. If you go to my website, emilyinnerstars.com, um, there is a link in the top uh, menu to join my newsletter. I mean, just plug in your information and it will automatically shoot you the newest one. I love that. So that's super helpful. Is, is, are there any other tools that you would recommend if people wanted to dig in more to astrology? Any favorite people that you love or courses that you would say are good for beginners? Or Well, definitely I recommend the Time Passages app on yeah. your phone. Super easy to use, free, fun to kind of poke around in. Um, if you want to get a book and kind of dig in and, and look at maybe more information about your specific sign, I mm. always recommend, it's such a funny book, it's called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need, which cracks me up in nice. its title. It's huge. It's <laughs> That's good marketing. <laughs> really reasonably priced. Um, it's by Joanna Wolfolk, and it's in probably its fifth or sixth edition now. It's been around quite a long time. But it's a great tool. She uses nice language it's not overwhelming and there's a lot of information in there and then as far as popular astrologers go you know i love the astro twins i get a kick out of them they yeah. usually write for oh popular magazines i'm going to say vogue and cosmopolitan and things like that they are a little more focused on relationship things sometimes but they've been doing this a long time and so I trust their information and I, I enjoyed what they share. They've got a beautiful website as well. But those are just some fun tools. And then, I, of course, if you come over to the Third Eye Library, um, which is an online community I have with other fantastic woo girls, um, we share a lot of things within the library space of, you know, what's going on this week or let's talk about what happened yesterday. <laughs> what's your sun sign and what's going to happen in 2023? All sorts of things. We have a lot of different topics we talk, talk about in there. Oh, community is always a really nice thing when you're getting started. That's also super important. Uh, if they wanted to get involved in the Third Eye Library, where would they go? So that one's easy too. It's www.thirdeyelibrary.com. It is a mighty network platform. I don't know if your listeners will be familiar with that, but it is this amazing woman who worked for Facebook and decided she was going to start her own networking community. And so there's uh, hundreds of different communities, but the Third Eye Library in specific, we um, monitor who comes in and out. So it is a safe environment. There are no scammers. There are no... No grand rising, my love. No, Let me give you a reading. Oh, exactly. Oh. Exactly. Oh. It's, a, it's a closed secure beautiful community with people who are also interested and curious and you can have conversations like i don't understand what a retrograde is help <laughs> and nobody's going to yeah. judge you it's a completely safe safe environment so yeah that's a fun one i love that so what about if you had um for those listeners that might be a little more advanced and maybe have moved past the the sun moon and rising are there any, um, what would you say the next step would be for somebody who's kind of intermediate? What kind of, what could they look into next that would give them more information, would you say? So I think the next thing to really dive into is understanding each of the zodiac signs. So this is Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, all the way through all of them. Understanding what those energies are, 
and how they relate to the planets that are also associated with those signs. Once you kind of understand those two characteristics, it's like going to the eye doctor in some ways. When you when they put two little lenses in front of your eyes and you have to combine them and say, this is right, this is right. <laughs> That's kind of what astrology mm-hmm. is. We're combining two or three energies and then determining from those pieces what the underlying information is. And so the practice of understanding just the roots of the zodiac and and the basics of the chart are really important. I teach a monthly course where I do a deep dive into each zodiac sign. Um, we just did Aquarius a couple of days ago. We'll be doing Pisces at the end of February. And it's an hour-long course. And we have a question and answer afterwards. You get access to the replay. But it's a really fabulous way to understand the energetics that are going on right now. And if you have a loved one and you're like, I just want to know more about why they are the way they are. <laughs> it's a really fun yeah. aspect too, because you'd be like, oh, that's them. I understand it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think we might have a few of those in our lives personally, everybody <laughs> listening. So that's really helpful. Um, what else did I, did I miss anything that we should talk about before we wrap this up? Yeah. I just, I want to encourage anybody who's new to Australia to just stay curious with it and to not feel overwhelmed. It's really easy to look at how much information is out there, especially right now it's, it's kind of gaining in popularity again, but to remember that this system, you know, it it fell out of fashion because it was deemed, you know, we weren't supposed to be able to predict the future. We shouldn't know more than somebody else in the heavens. And if we can take some of those stigmas away from that, and we're understanding that plants have medicine, we're understanding that Reiki is important, that there's energy in our bodies that we can help heal others with. And the same goes for astrology. If we can understand that we are on this crazy blue sphere, hurtling through the atmosphere at 67,000 miles an hour. You know, we're not static with Mm -hmm. like hula hoops going around us. We're moving constantly. And we know more through quantum physics that, you know, we can have two particles in two separate places that react in the same way. And how do these things happen? There's so many mysteries. And that's what I love about astrology is that it embraces so many of those traditions and things that we can yet again learn and use in a way that allows us to feel more confident, more validated, more worthy, (laughs) grace, all of these things that we can bring into our lives from this knowledge. I love that so much. That was a big part of the intention of changing up my podcast and kind of centering it around something. I wanted it this to be a place where people can come and learn and feel confident in their learnings and their knowledge and just grow as humans. And if you have cheat codes available to you, you know, you got to use them. You got to use them. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Oh, Emily, it's been a pleasure. I have loved it so much. And I will, I think maybe what we'll plan to do is maybe in a couple months, you can come back sure. and we can learn more about finding our keys. What do you think? I love it. I'd love to do that. <laughs> okay. You're the best. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Well, I hope you love that convo as much as I did. 
every episode this month is going to include a guest. So if you liked this one and you like the style of learning from somebody who is an expert but broke it down for the newbies, then you want to make sure you listen in every week Friday. There will be a new episode dropping with the new guest that we can learn from. So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who you think would love it too. And I will see you here next Friday for another new episode. Thank you so much for listening into the Christy Says Things podcast. If you like these vibes, please subscribe so we can spend more time together. If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you can find me at ChristySaysThings.com or at Christy Says Things over on Instagram. I'll see you right here next week for another new episode.